Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Kim Akrig and we are talking about how to combine the metaphysical and the physical to manifest the business of your dreams. If you want to learn how to combine woo-woo and work ethic, strategy and manifestation, then stay tuned. This is for you. Hello, I hope you're having an amazing day. So today we have the moon in Pisces and Pisces is really like that dreamy, spiritual, mystical energy. Like it's super intuitive. It's really in its feels. It's an amazing time for like daydreaming, like planning about what you want to dream for the future. Not so much maybe on taking action, but just really like dreaming up what you want to create. And also I can't not mention like tomorrow um, is the Aries new moon. And I feel like Aries is one of my favorite energies because it's also my moon is in Aries and Aries is really like the it's like the zodiac like new year it's like that fresh energy like it's excited it's ready to go it's almost a bit impatient like it's just ready to like get started and it's like independent and fiery and just wants to go after what it wants to create so I feel like yeah today and tomorrow is amazing because like today you just like dream up what you want to create and tomorrow on that new moon just take action go for it like get started like even if you can just take like a little step towards whatever it is like maybe you're starting a business and maybe you just buy the domain name and like just take those steps forward getting like momentum on what you want to create um new moons are also a super powerful time for manifesting and like setting your intentions and like taking action on them so that's why I think like this blend of the Aries new moon together is just like so phenomenal for taking that action towards what you want to create and this moon phase analysis was brought to you by the Magic of Eye Astrology Planner. And as a listener of the show, you get a discount of 10% off of anything in the Magic of Eye shop. They also have like moon phase planners, they've got journals, and they're like everything in there is just so, so beautiful. So use the code Kim Akrig to get a discount K I M A K R I double G. Today on the show, I'm talking to Deanna Cook of Leah Collective, and she is also a fellow Canadian who has just decided to like take off and go travel the world and start a business while she's doing it. And she has a business built on creating sustainable accessories, and she's based in Costa Rica, which sounds amazing. I would love to go visit. Um, but yeah, we're chatting about like how businesses can become more sustainable. What's the process of like starting a sustainable brand, or even if you're not a business owner like how can you um create more sustainability in your life and she gives you some really amazing practical tips around doing this and then also because she's lived in six different countries which is amazing um she gives us tips around like what it's like to move to another country like how you can start up your life there like what are some ways you can go and like get a job and be working and supporting yourself while having this amazing adventure which is something I'm so so passionate about because if you don't know this I was born in Vancouver and I moved to Australia when I was 22 and it has just been like the most magical ride um if your soul is calling you to go live in another country I would 100% recommend it like don't let what anyone says hold you back it really is the best experience and 
Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into the episode. So, welcome to the show. My first question for you was, what's your morning ritual? Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I have really kind of honed my morning ritual, especially over the past couple months. I like to get up early. My partner is also getting up early as he's a teacher. So he's getting ready for school in the morning and I drink my coffee while he's still at home. And as soon as he leaves, I like to do a little yoga and meditation session, nothing too intensive, but maybe just a stretch, get my body moving, start the day. And then I go outside. I take our dog for a walk. So I always walk our dog while listening to a podcast. And that's kind of my me time. I really cherish that um, in the morning, that learning and those endorphins from getting moving and being in the sunshine. Uh, And then I get home, I usually have my breakfast then, maybe have some more coffee. And uh, because I'm living in Costa Rica right now, I like to just do some language learning. So I usually study a bit of Spanish then, not for too long, just a couple minutes to get the brain going. And then I'm ready to sit down at my computer and start working for the day. But it's already been a couple hours where I can kind of ease into the day, focus on myself first and really get into the right mindset that that sets the tone for the rest of the day. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so important. I think like starting your morning, like in the zone of like where you feel good. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Costa Rica sounds amazing though. Like tell me about like how you moved there and like, what's the story? Absolutely. So I'm originally from Toronto, Canada, but over the past decade, the better part of the past decade, I've lived in six different countries around the world. So When I was in Canada, when I was in school, I was studying international business and international development. And I always knew that I wanted to be able to explore and to kind of have these experiences and uh, learn from life from from different countries. Um, So when I was still in school, I studied abroad in Spain and that kind of really ignited the, the travel bug in me. So after I graduated, I moved to Taiwan and I was working in the school systems there. I was teaching elementary school. Um, That's where I met my partner who is American. And together we moved to Tanzania. We were working at a small grassroots school and nonprofit and with a couple other sustainable, eco-friendly businesses in the area. And we were in Tanzania for two years, but then I had an opportunity to work on an international development project in Bangkok. So I moved to Bangkok and I did a six month position. It's through the Canadian um, Global Affairs. They offer positions to, to young Canadians who are interested in pursuing careers in international relations or international development. So I was living in Thailand and at that time my partner got a job at a school in Costa Rica. So I had been kind of building my business online um, over the past couple of years so that 
by the time I finished my contract in Thailand, I was ready and able to move to Costa Rica and to work remotely um, where my partner was teaching uh, at a physical school. So it's kind of been a winding path that has led us all over the world, four different continents, but it's been such an amazing journey and experience. And yeah, I'm so grateful to be here in sunny Costa Rica now. Yeah, that's so incredible. I feel like I have so many questions for you from this. Um, if like someone say, if they're in the position where they kind of want to do what you're doing and maybe like go and like work and live in another country, like, do you have any advice for someone who like, what's the first step they should do? Absolutely. Um, there are so many different ways you can do it. And mm -hmm. I love talking about this because it's really been something that I've learned, you know, the hard way and I've learned through experience. Um, I have moved abroad as a student. Um, so even if you're in middle school, high school, college or university, if you want to pursue grad school, like there are programs for you to study abroad or to apply to schools in other countries. Um, for young adults who are not in school anymore. Uh, there are many countries that offer, you know, working holiday visas, working holiday programs where you can go. And it might be a one year or a two year visa. And you, you're you free to go and uh, be employed in the country for that amount of time. Um, there are often internship programs that you might be able to get through your government or through uh, businesses, grants in your area. So that's always something to look into, international internships. Um, and for people who are working in a more corporate position, if there's anyone listening who's doing that, if you work for a multinational company, a lot of companies have global rotational programs or they have the option where they allow you to work remotely at one of their partner offices around the world. And that's not something that is uh, heavily advertised, but if you work for a really big global company, it's something you should definitely look into because just because you have a you know, nine to five corporate career doesn't mean you can't do something like this. Um, I, when I moved to Taiwan, I was a teacher. So if you're from, especially if you're from an English speaking country, there are lots of opportunities to teach English, but no matter what country you're from, there might be opportunities to uh, teach your native language. And uh, finally, in, in this day and age, it's so possible to uh, build an online business to live the life of a digital nomad where you could be traveling and working you might settle in a place for a few weeks or a few months at a time but working online and that's something that is really has has allowed young people or, or people of any age really a lot of flexibility with their careers and it's just really empowered people to travel and to see more of the world. So there are really, you know, a million ways you can do it. And I've experienced most of them, but um, yeah, I always encourage people to, to look into it and just pick the path that's right for you. 
Yeah, totally. Because I remember, like, that's pretty much what I did to move to Australia. Because, like, for everyone listening, like, I'm from Canada as well. Um, and, like, I did, like, two years of a working holiday. And then I just kept studying. But it was, like, very part-time study. So you're still, like, you have your freedom to, like, live your life and, like, just enjoy the country that you're living in. So mm -hmm. I feel like I wish it was something that was talked about more, like, especially like going through high school and stuff. Like I had no idea that was an option. So I just wish it was something people kind of talked about more. So you kind of knew that it was like something you could even explore if you wanted to. Yeah. And I feel like in, in a lot of high schools and in mine in particular, um, it not only was it not really talked about, but it was kind of outside the norm you know most people graduated high school and then they either went on to further education or started working right away um i probably only knew one or two people that were traveling or, or moving abroad straight out of high school um or that were doing exchanges even younger than that when they were in high school or in middle middle school um, it's not something that's very common. And so I think as young people, it can be scary to do something that's different and um, something that your friends or your peers aren't doing. And I really wish that those options were made more accessible and, and more mainstream because it's really an incredible path. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you want to tell everyone a little bit about like the business that you started and like what you do and like what your path to starting it was? For sure. So for the past couple of years, I have been doing marketing and communications consulting for nonprofit social enterprises and sustainable businesses. And this was something that I started doing with the nonprofit I was working with in Tanzania. And then it kind of naturally grew from there. I would get freelance jobs or, or small contracts from people in my network or others that I knew. And about a year ago, I started taking it more seriously as um, a business and, and what I was doing full time. Now, at the same time as this marketing and communications journey, I, I experienced a lot of shifts in my personal life. After having lived abroad and traveled all around the world, I really had, you know, witnessed a lot of different ways of life and, and seen a lot of different types of business models, um, amazing social enterprises, community-based organizations, uh, sustainable innovations, and people that were doing really amazing things. Things. And that really kind of sparked my journey into learning more about sustainability, about health and wellness, about what we're putting on and in and around our bodies, as well as, you know, education around those topics. Um, and one area that I felt I really connected with and I wanted to dive more into was sustainable fashion and kind of the makers, the movement, the global supply chain of all of that. So that led me to want to start my own sustainable fashion company. Now this is, it was kind of crazy because I knew nothing about fashion, had never worked in fashion. 
I did get voted most likely to become a fashion icon in high school, but that was like, that feels like another life. Um, so it was really not on my radar at all uh, in terms of career options. But in working with uh, different communities all around the world, I just was really inspired with a lot of the things that were being made in these communities. And I was also really sickened with kind of the throw out culture, the endless cycles of consumerism and, and consumption and waste um, that I was seeing in other parts of the world. And so I started learning a lot more about it. And slowly I started partnering with some of the small businesses and makers in the communities that I was living in. And that led me to start Leah Collective. So Leah Collective is a, an, a sustainable accessory brand creating minimalist accessories for the modern woman. And the idea is to use natural materials made in sustainable ways with ethical practices and use designs that can last for years to come. So items really become part of someone's closet for the long haul, their investments. And we're really taking care of the things that we own and honoring the traditions in which they were made. Um, so the first collection is a series of Thai silk scarves that I developed when I was living in Thailand in partnership with some of the businesses uh, that I connected with there. And it's really been a big passion project of mine over the past uh, year and a half. And I'm really, really excited to finally be launching this spring, our, our first collection in spring 2020. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah, it's been a, a huge, you know, up and down journey, but, and I've learned so much along the way, but it's something that um, I love talking about and I'm really passionate about and willing to make the mistakes to, to figure it out in the end. Yeah, totally. And I feel like sustainability is becoming like so much more important to consumers these days because we're just becoming aware of like where things come from and like the process of it getting to us and then like what happens after we're done with it. Um, do you have any tips for everyone listening around like how we can be more mindful of this like in our businesses and just like everyday life? For sure. Um, so I think the first thing that you need to do is to really, you know, dive deep and do some self-reflection and, and understand your own values because this is going to look different for everyone. Um, there are lots of different ways you can approach sustainability in business or in life. And it's, I think it's important that you make it a, a personal exploration and a personal journey. So if you really are passionate about natural fibers, about organic food, about, you know, taking care of everything that's going in your home and your body, then that's something that you want to maybe explore further and purchase um, goods from companies that you know all of the ingredients and you understand the sourcing process. If you're someone who is really passionate about supporting your local community um, and small businesses in the community, then you might look to buy local or to partner with other businesses who are in your area. 
if you're someone who is animals are one of your top priorities, then for you, vegan goods or, or vegan practices might be the right path. Um, so there are, there are so many different aspects of sustainability. And I think when you just approach it all at once, it can be kind of overwhelming. So I think the first step is to understand your own values and your own priorities, and then just to look at things one at a time. Okay, how can I make this switch in my business? Maybe instead of printing out and mailing invoices to my clients, I am going paperless and I'm sending all electronic. That can also be easier for filing, so double win there. Um, or maybe you take a look at you know your mental health and you kind of reflect on that and you, you start looking for businesses that offer services that cater towards mental health and, and services that, that you really align with and resonate with. So it's, it's really a, just taking the steps to understand who you are and, and what this journey looks like for you. Yeah, totally. I think that's such good advice because it's like it can get so overwhelming when you're looking at everything and you're like, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. So just starting small is makes it so much more manageable. Yeah, step by step. For 100%. Sure. And do you have any advice for like ethical brands if they want to communicate their like message and their mission with customers? Like what do you think is the best way for them to go about it? Right. So I have the <laughs> I have the opportunity to see this from both well from th all three sides of the conversation really. Um, of course, I've been a consumer. I've purchased other products and services. Um, so I've been on the you know receiving end, the customer end. I have been the consultant, the marketer, and helped work with other businesses or organizations to refine this messaging. And then I have a business of my own. So, you know, sometimes when you're an entrepreneur and you're wearing all the hats, you can get lost in the thick of it um, and not realize how much you need to be communicating your message uh, to your audience. So seeing it from all three sides, I have realized that if you want to communicate your ethical practices or the value of your business to your audience, it's really about education. It's really about taking them on a journey with you. Um, and you can do this through storytelling um, through bringing them alongside you saying, here's where we were a year ago. And this is what we learned in the process. You can do it through imagery. Um, you know, the old expression, a, a picture is worth a thousand words, images and, and videos as well can be so, so powerful in connecting with people, especially in the digital age when we're communicating with most people through, through their phones or through computer screens. Um, and, but the, the other thing is to do it through connection. So making sure that there's a personal touch point with your brand, you know, no one wants to buy from the big box business 
business with uh, no face behind it. You're feeling like you're buying from a robot. People want to buy from people. People want to feel connected to what they're using and supporting and, and purchasing from. So whether that is the founder, whether that's you um, as the service provider, whether that's a member of your team or maybe even flipping the script and having client or customer testimonials, um, building those personal touch points is, is really, really powerful. So I think ethical brands really need to sit down, take a look at the message that they want to communicate to their audience. And because sustainability and ethics is such a big topic, such an overwhelming thing, really break it down and then come up with a strategy. How can we talk to our audience about this subject through storytelling, through imagery, through personal connection? And then you'll have a, a raving audience. <laughs> yeah, totally. What do you feel like have been like your biggest challenges like along the way with starting your business and like getting it out there? Um, I mean, I think, I think any entrepreneur or business owner, um, anyone trying to build anything, any kind of movement or, or action faces this, but sometimes it's just, uh, you know, you know what you have to do, mm-hmm. you know, the steps, you know, okay, if I do A and B, I'll eventually get to C, but sometimes it's just the hustle and the grind. And it, you know, it feels like life catches up with you and, and it can feel like there's, you know, not to sound depressing, but when you're in the thick of it, sometimes it can feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Like you've, you feel like you've been talking about this for months and months or years and years, but you don't feel like you're gaining a lot of traction. And I feel like that's when it helps to, you know, take a step back and look at the big picture and look at how far you've actually come. Because in the day to day, it can feel overwhelming with all the things on your to-do list and, you know, doing the same kind of things, content creation and responding to emails and selling week after week. But it's important to actually acknowledge and, and appreciate and value like how far you've come in this journey and, and what you've actually been able to accomplish. So it's, yeah, it's, I guess that's what I experience sometimes just feeling the grind yeah, totally. Because it feels like for a long time, it's like you're just doing all the things and not seeing as many results because you're like at the beginning of your business and it like takes time to get it started. And I think it's like, it really is the hardest thing, I think, to push through that part. Right. Yeah. And I think that's when a lot of people get discouraged because, you know, they don't see overnight success. Mm. And, you know, you, they don't realize that when you see a successful business out there, there are people behind that business that have been working so, so hard to make that happen. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's just continuing to show up, continuing to enact the strategy to be there for your audience and, and just keep going through the hard stuff. 
path. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like so many business owners, they get into their business because they have a passion for that. And then they like quickly get overwhelmed by like all the things they have to do and maybe like the marketing side of things. So did you have any tips for how they can kind of like build their brand and get their message out there? Yeah, I think um, in this day and age, you know, we're so lucky in that we live in a digital era where we can build businesses through Instagram. We can build our own websites. And even if you're not a, you know, even if you don't know code, like there's lots of tools that can help you with the tech side of things. You can put up an e-commerce store. Um, you know, we have so many tools at our fingertips that it is possible to build a brand, but that doesn't make it easy. Mm -hmm. um, you still have to put in the work. And I think um, just because it's possible, um, I like the expression, you know, or the fallacy, if you build it, they will come because that kind of speaks to the overnight success. It, it just doesn't work like that. Like we have all these tools and platforms at our disposal, but it's still at the end of the day about making connections, about communicating with people. Why, why you, why your business? Like what makes it different um, from the one down the street? We have all of the resources we need, but it's just about, you know, getting back to basics and really, really being able to, you know, be humble and, and to be vulnerable and share about the journey and, and make those connections that, you know, could help your business grow. Yeah, absolutely. Like so much of it is about your network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something I've really, I've really learned like in my journey. Yeah. And also do you find like moving to so many different countries? Like, do you have like a way of getting to know people when you like move somewhere new? like, and you don't know anyone? Yeah, I, I think in every situation, it's been different. And, you know, even if I wasn't moving to another country, if I was just moving to a different city, you might experience the same things. Um, I think in many cases, when I've moved, I've been fortunate enough to make friends and connections through um, my school or my place of employment. Uh, and probably moving to Costa Rica has been the hardest in terms of making connections, especially at the beginning, because I work online here. Mm. And my partner, he's a teacher at a school. So I was able to, to make connections through his school. But I think as an online business owner or online entrepreneur, you can, you know, just get sucked up into your laptop and forget to go outside and join the real world sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think just making a point, if you don't have, you know, somewhere where you can go, a co-working space or a classroom or, you know, school, an office, just forcing yourself to have those touch points, like uh, going to a yoga class or walking your dog on the beach um, or going to a, an event um, that's being held in your area. 
it's hard. It's hard to make friends as an adult, for sure. I think a lot of people find that. Um, But I think, you know, it's about finding people like, like making friends in the online world. It's um, about finding people that care about the same things you care about. And, um, you know, you can relate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What do you think like your biggest lessons from like living overseas have been? Wow. Um, I think, you know, living in six countries in the past decade has been really, and all the countries have been so different, you know, like going from East Africa to Southeast Asia to Latin America um, to Europe. And then of course, being from North America, they're all very different cultures. They're all very different languages. It has really shaped my worldview, really put things into perspective. Um, You know, going to a country where even if it's not a different language from your own, um, you're going to have moments of culture shock. You're going to have experiences where you don't understand the way things work or you're navigating a new system and that can be really intimidating sometimes. So it really kind of puts you in your place and um, it can be very humbling of an experience. Uh, But all of these kind of countries have really taught me about adaptability, about vulnerability, asking for help. Um, And it's also really shown me the value of connections. Um, You know, moving every couple of years, I'm uprooting my life. Um, And even though I've been fortunate enough to move with my partner in uh, the last couple countries, it's still, you know, you're, you're maybe in a place where you don't have a group of friends, you don't have family, you don't have coworkers and it can be scary. So I think, you know, putting yourself in that place, it really tests your, your courage and um, it shows you what you're capable of. But it also, you know, outside of all these personal mindset shifts, I've also learned a lot about different cultures, about different languages, different innovations in the world of um, sustainability and the environment and and food, agriculture systems. Um, it's, it's really shaped my business practices as well as who I am as a person. And I know I would not be who I am today without kind of this, this global, global worldview. Yeah, totally. Do you have like one of those countries that was your favorite? Uh, I... I don't think so. I, every country, of course, has its pros and cons, right? Mm-hmm. There are things that you, you always love about certain places and um, dislike about others. Um, you know, I, I love, for example, the food in Taiwan. Like, oh, I miss it all the time. The food there is de- delicious. Um, but in Spain, in Barcelona, it was an amazing location to be able to travel and see so much rich history and really uh, jump off into other countries in Europe. 
Um, I love being in Costa Rica by the beach and having so much nature, whereas in Tanzania, um, we had a really good community. We had a lot of good local friends and connections and really formed strong bonds there. In Thailand, I was living in Bangkok, so it was such a metropolitan city. Um, and the biggest city I've lived in, probably in my life. Um, so Bangkok is such a diverse place, and that was really where I've been able to build Leah, my accessory business, and the first collection. So that always will hold a special place in my heart. Um, and I don't have anything against Canada either. <laughs> like, I think Canada was a good place to grow up. Um, and of course, growing up in Canada made me um, the adult I am. So yeah, everywhere has has uh, their its own benefits. And I think that's the beauty of being able to travel and having the privilege to do this is um, being able to appreciate um, different aspects of all the different places that I've been able to call home. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you can't really just pick one because they're all so different and have their own things going for them. Right, right. It's hard to compare. Totally. Um, a question I like to ask all entrepreneurs, like, what do you do to keep yourself going in the moments where, like, you're just scared that it's not all going to work out? Yeah. Um, so I like this question because I think everyone faces it. And like okay. I said earlier, sometimes when you are in the grind and that hustle, feel like you're not getting traction, um, that's when, you know, you have those moments. Um, for me, a couple things help give me perspective. One, I don't know what it is, but there's just something about the beach, about the ocean that really, you know, helps put me at ease. It calms my anxiety. It really brings me back down. Um, you know, I, I earth, I go there to ground and, and get back to center. Um, so I like to go with my dog or my partner, sometimes just by myself to the beach um, around sunset when it's not too hot or early in the morning and just put my feet in the water. And just something about that, I think the, the vastness of the ocean just really helps me put things in perspective. Um, and the other thing that really helps me is talking about it. I think sometimes you can get really, or for me personally, speaking for myself, I can get really stuck in my head and, um, you know, get caught up in a problem and just talking about it, whether it's with my partner, with a friend, with my mom, um, it really helps me, you know, come back down to level. Yeah, absolutely. I think having people around you to talk about it with is so important. Yeah, for sure. It makes a huge difference. Definitely. Um, I've got a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Um, what's your favorite book? So my favorite book is Educated by Tara Westover. Amazing. The and memoir. It's, yeah. Cool. Favorite crystal? So... I, I don't know that much about crystals, mm -hmm. so I don't really know why this is my favorite, but ever since I was little, I was, I've always been called to amethyst. Love that. What month are you born? So I'm born in November. 
Oh, okay, amazing. And do you know your sun, moon, and rising sign? Yes. So I am, am Scorpio, Leo, Libra. Amazing. I love that. It's such an awesome combination. Yeah, I think it's something that's really fun to learn about and see how it kind of manifests in day-to-day in -day life. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just gives you so much more like awareness about like yourself and like strengths and weaknesses. And yeah, it's amazing. For sure. Yeah, it's a great tool to reflect. Totally. So thank you so much for your time. And um, where can everyone find you online? Uh, great. So I am at my personal account at Deanna R. Cook mm -hmm. and DeannaRCook.com. And that's all my marketing and communications kind of stuff. And my sustainable accessory brand with our Thai silk scarves coming out is at, at Leah Collective. So Leah is L-I-Y-A. So all social media at Leah Collective and LeahCollective.com. Amazing. And when is it going to launch? We are going to be launching in April. Awesome. So not far off at all. Not far off. Yes. Exciting. <laughs> Maybe by the time this episode airs, we'll, we'll see when this, I'm not sure when this is coming out. Should be end of March, I believe. Okay, great. So if you're listening to it, um, you know, in March or April, then you can come over, over to the website and we're going to be having a lot of exciting stuff happening in the lead up to launch. And we're going to be doing a really fun pre-sales campaign. Um, so yeah, come say hi. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Kim. It's a pleasure. This episode was brought to you by the Life Cycle Lion's Mane Double Extract. It is amazing. Let me tell you, ever since I've been taking Lion's Mane, I just feel like it ups your brain power. It gives you better sleep. Um, I've also been experimenting with the Cordyceps one as well, which is meant to give you energy. And it's like having a coffee without having any of like the jitters or like the crash. And I've been getting them from Life Cycle, which is a Byron Bay based brand, which I love. Um, they have super high quality mushroom extracts and also kits where you can grow your own mushrooms. And you can get a discount from them using the code Kim Akrig, K-I-M-A-K-R-I-G-G. I would 100% recommend the Lion's Mane to like any entrepreneurs just because you want your brain power to be working really well. And sometimes another coffee is not always the best idea. So yeah, go check them out. I'll link it up in the show notes. And if you're loving these episodes, hit subscribe and you will always get them before everyone else because sometimes the iTunes feed is a little weird and it doesn't release the episodes to everyone else until the next day. But if you're subscribed, you'll always get them first. So yeah, hit that subscribe button, share this episode with a friend and I will talk to you next week.